Hello everybody, we have a pretty big week ahead of us. I'm just referring to the week from Wednesday to next Wednesday when I podcast again. Clearly that's not a normal week, but I'm just saying, in that week, we have the Super Bowl and Valentine's Day coming up. Honestly, two pretty big events, am I right? And so, this this last, I would say this last week has been one of a little bit of angst for me, and my brain has gone in about a thousand different directions, and there was a specific quote in a book that I listened to that really sort of got this whole podcast going, so... I'm excited to chat about the Super Bowl, about Valentine's Day, about winning, and glad you're here to join me. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm Chrissy Baki. I'm the hippie Christian who cares, and I'm really happy you're here. I told you I'm a little angsty, as in A-N-G-S-T, angst. Why angsty? It's not even a word. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? I have angst. I'm anxious. I'm a little, I think angst is like um, anxious with maybe a little frustration in there Um, or high alert anticipation. I don't know. I'm not even looking up the word. Those are the definitions that I'm giving it and that's what I am. Okay. And the reason I am is my frustration comes from not being able to give away the best part of my life, the best thing I have going for me, the thing that I am always successful with, the thing that I know will last forever and that is Jesus. I feel like I feel like a quarterback whose hands are glued to the football. And I say that cuz the Super Bowl is coming up, and I think that's super frustrating to me too because how do we have millions of people so stoked about the Super Bowl, whether they are a 49ers fan, whether they are a fan of the chefs. I call them the chefs. Does anybody remember that commercial where the old guy is painting the end zone and spelling, uh, supposed to be spelling out the chiefs and he gets done? And I don't know if it's a player or another worker or somebody goes by and goes, yeah, real good. Who are the chefs? And the guy's like, great gobbledygook. And then he eats a Snickers. Hilarious. Great commercial. Google it. It's funny. They should bring it back for the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. But if you're a Chiefs fan or a Taylor Swift fan, come on, let's just be honest. Taylor Swift has rocked the NFL on its ear. And I'm in awe of how many followers Taylor Swift has. I'm in awe of how many haters she has. My goodness sake, can we get off this kid's back? Like, holy crap. 
She's not hurting anybody. She's doing a lot of good out there. But my goodness. Um, and again, all the ugliness that comes from controversy around games and quarterbacks and all that stuff. So much of it. But it still slays me that we have so, so, so many people just going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over the Super Bowl. And yet it's so hard to get a few more people in church. I don't get it. Like if you are a listener and a lover of Jesus and don't go to church, I would love to have a little conversation about that with you. There's a few of you that I know, and I we've had that conversation. And I'm okay because your reasons are valid and your heart for Jesus is full and your actions show it. And, and I think that's a good thing. I think there are brands of church that resonate with all of us. I think there's ways of worship that resonate with all of us. And I am a little bit more loosey-goosey in regards to that. I think, though, I also get really curious at the people who go to church, and that's all they do. They go to church, go on Sunday, spend that hour, hour and a half, and then they leave, and that's it. That almost slays me more than somebody who wants to worship football or Taylor Swift. What floors me about what I will call a pew sitter, and that sounds judgy, right? And I honestly, I'm not out for judging anyone. People who don't go to church, people who do go to church, people who only go to church, people who love the Super Bowl, love Taylor Swift, all of those things. I'm just pondering these things. I'm just talking out loud. I feel like when you know Jesus and you know that he is your savior, you know that he is your friend, you know that he is God, you know that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, in control. There is usually a response in some way that you want to share it with others, that you want to learn more, like you really want to grow in this. I say that because at my church, I call it our GPS. It's our vision statement that says to grow in point two and share with all the love of Christ Jesus. Trying to think it's, I think it's our mission statement, not vision. I don't know. I get those mixed up anyways, but I get the grow part. Like, I always want to learn more. I'm always looking for ways to to learn. Um, One of the ways was listening to a book, a testimony from from an Olympian. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But I like hearing people's perspectives. It doesn't matter if they go to my church. doesn't matter if they believe exactly the way that I do. I feel like being in relationship with other people on a spiritual level is a cool thing because we learn and then it helps me 
to connect with God in a way that says, hey, is this way of worship acceptable? Is this way of believing acceptable? Is this way of um, serving you good and right? And I always feel like if I'm not in line with God, he's going to let me know through how I feel, through what he says in the Bible, through what he says through others, through the consequences of my actions, lots of ways. And and when I just don't know, I keep asking. Sometimes I don't need to be right, but I want to make sure that I'm not wrong. And if I'm doing something wrong and I'm not feeling convicted by it, like guilty by it, then I want to continue to say to God, if what I'm doing isn't right, please help me. Please forgive me. Please show me a different direction. Here's why I'm doing a specific thing and help me to find the way that is your way. And sometimes I think God does find a way to straighten us out. I can't think of a specific action at the moment, but I definitely wrestle with a few things. I'll tell you right now, he reminded me to get rid of um, bitterness and anger and resentment and malice. Like there's no room for that in church or in the world, right? So What we really, the big pause in there, whoa, ho, whoa, that's Chrissy's brain just trying to get out the next point. But what there is lots and lots and lots and lots of room for is love. There is tons of room for loving on people, showing compassion on people, um, serving others, being kind being gentle and thoughtful and listening, all of those things that encompass what love is, there's a ton of room for that. In English, we use the word love for a lot of things. We love Taylor Swift. We love the Super Bowl. We love Valentine's Day. We love Jesus. We love our husbands. Oh my gosh. Do we love all those things the same way? We love a tuna fish sandwich. (laughs) Why I picked that? Because I just ate one. Have you ever gotten those packets that are um, the different flavors, like sweet and spicy? They're kind of delicious. Anyways, and a healthy snack. That's just a fun fact, right? But we don't love tuna fish the same way that we love a human. We don't love each other the same way that we love God. And so I am really loose with the word love. I tell a boatload of people, I love you, because there's a million different meanings behind the way that I love somebody. When I tell my husband I love him, 
it's totally different than when I tell my sister Susie, I love you. Um, or if I tell my friends like Paul and Brian and Bob, trying to think of other men that are listening to this podcast, um, my pastors, I don't think they listen. So if you do listen, call me out for saying that you don't listen. <laughs> But sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Um, my former pastor um, that I'm friends with, I pick, I'm picking these five men because I love all of them, but I don't love them the way I love my husband. I don't love them the way I love my sister. And so love is so important for us to have. And love comes from a place that is only from God. Because God love, loves us, we therefore have the ability to love others. And to appreciate and enjoy other things. I don't know that God created the world and the animals and the food um, and all the stuff for us to love in the same way that we love a human. And I will tell you, there are people that will 100% tell you that they love dogs and cats and pets more than they love humans. Well, yeah, because humans are hard to love. A cat doesn't tell you that you're a jerk. Although sometimes cats actually look at you like you're a jerk. Um, but seriously, cats and dogs don't actually use words and speak their feelings. So your dog could think you're a big fat jerk and you don't even know it because they're still there and they're wagging their tail, but you feed them and take care of them. So it kind of makes sense for them to be nice to you. People, you can feed them and you can take care of them and they still might not be nice to you. You can worship with people and they're not nice to you. Oh my goodness. And I think that's one super sad thing about church is you get sinful people in a building and pretty soon they're sinning against each other. And that definitely leaves a sour taste in lots of people's mouth and makes them not want to come back to church. We're all on team Jesus, right? We got to work together and we got to show love in ways that are appropriate. And we got to show love in ways that are caring and compassionate and understanding and forgiving. And we've got to be flexible and we have to be intentional about working together to point people to Jesus. It is so, so important. So I say that to my believer friends and to my non-believer friends, and I just pray that there's somebody who's listening that is like, I don't know who this Jesus is. I'm not sure what this is all about, but let me just tell you what it's all about is love that you can't get from any Valentine on earth. Any human being that is going to pour love out on you 
will fall so short of the love that Jesus pours out on you. And I can't explain why. Because we can't see Jesus in person anymore. Jesus did come to earth as human, 100% man, 100% God. So there were people who got to be physically in his presence. Ah, so jealous of that. I just want to hold Jesus's hand. I just want to hug Jesus and know him personally like other people did. I mean, really, I'm grateful for the Bible and the stories that are written down historically of Christ's life on earth and who he talked to and all the things that he did because that makes me fall in love with Jesus. And when I say that, like it's again such a greater love than we have even for each other. But that's because God is our Valentine. God, Jesus Christ, is the greatest Valentine we will ever get. And I know that they make days, um, or not days, I know that there's even like Galentines, you know, if you're a girl and you don't have a Valentine and it feels lonely, and so you get to hang out with your girlfriends and you call it Galentine's Day. That's cool. I'm good with that because I am all about everybody gets a Valentine and none of this Charlie Brown where you're totally stiffed and don't get a Valentine. That is hurtful and unnecessary. Everybody should get a Valentine. But if you are on the non-receiving side of a Valentine this year, you're not alone at all. Every single day, we have a God who looks down and is so in love with you, so in love with this being that he created and looks at you in perfection because he sees us through the eyes of Christ who rose, who died and rose again specifically for our sinfulness. When we were sinners, Christ died. That's an actual Bible verse, and I didn't look it up. But when we were at our worst, that was being nailed on the cross. Oh my gosh, there is a great big like car revving up. I don't know if you could hear it, but real distracting. But maybe that's just Jesus putting the big um, va-va-voom into my statement. At our worst, Christ is on the cross for us, taking on that sinfulness, taking on that pride and arrogance and angst and malice and resentment and bitterness. All the things are on the cross with him that are my sins, and he is hanging there in love with me and he goes to hell and he claims victory over my sin and yours and over our death and yet we'll die an earthly death because sin happened but we don't stay dead we get to raise again with Jesus and live eternally so for those who know that what are you doing with it are you giving out Valentines to people that say, hey, you are loved because I love you? 
Um, and by the way, I have a, we have a Jesus who is so in love with you, 10,000 billion times more than I love you. Are you going to church? Is there a church that you have that you like to go, but you just, maybe you're just not into it? Can you find a way to get into it? Can you find a way to support it? Can you find a way to support the people who do love it and want to do good? I know that I have some friends who, if I'm doing something, the big Easter party that my mom created called Tada Sunday, very cool because she read a fun little quote about story quote kind of anecdote about a pastor who was talking about you know maybe what what do you think maybe Jesus said when he rose from the dead and a little girl jumps up and says ta-da so awesome right but it's not magic it is the power of our god and i know that when we do that party at church i have friends that help support it i have family members that help support it and that's really what church is. Church isn't necessarily a building, but it is people loving God and loving others and growing together in that love and pointing people to that love and sharing that love. Like I think our mission statement at my church is so cool, but guess what? We don't own it. Everybody gets to do that. Everybody has that opportunity to be a living Valentine for our God. We get to point people to this known God, this God who the world knows, but doesn't know personally. When you ask somebody, do they believe in God? And they say no, it's because they don't know God. Do they know that there are people who believe in a God? Sure. But do they know him? No, they can't know him. Because if you know him, you can't help but love him. Because that is the moment where you have opened your eyes to receive this amazing free gift from Jesus. And it's there just waiting. And our God is a polite God who waits for you to open that gift. He's created you in his image, and he's just waiting for you to open that Valentine of free love, abundant love, abundant grace, abundant mercy, abundant forgiveness. It's incredible. And so I love that about Valentine's Day. I love that about a God who is so in love with us. The community of believers is pretty powerful. Whether you are part of a church or just a friend group um, of people that share your faith, maybe it is listening to other Christian podcasts, which I do encourage, by the way. And um, as one friend said, oh my gosh, I was listening to another podcast and you called. I felt like I was cheating on you. No, not even a little bit. Because um, like I said to them, I'm sure other podcasts are way more professional. You don't get 
drinking of water and sneezing and coughing and all the things um, and giggling and cracking up my, my own at my own jokes. That's okay, right? Because you guys are my community of believers and there is something amazing in that. Same with church family, not even kidding you. In between my little sessions of this episode, one of my church family called because I left them a message to see if they would help um, another church family with changing a blinker on their car. It's a small thing, but on the other hand, it's ginormous for somebody to drive across town to another address and fix a blinker that is really causing somebody else an enormous amount of um, stress. And so, and it's not just the things people do, it's the encouragement and the um, building of faith. And when I'm feeling angsty, you know, and I can call, um, you know, my friend Amy or Judy is one of my biggest prayer partners. Obviously, my sister Susie, I can text her. And so many people, I have a million that's an exaggeration, but I have a good handful of believers that I can say, hey, put this person on your prayer chain. And God is good. God hears us. He might not answer it the way we see fit, but he definitely hears us. I think when, like another example is I listened to a book, an audio book. It was Far From Gold, Far Beyond Gold. Now I'm embarrassed that I don't remember the name of it. Far Beyond Gold. Sydney McLaughlin, I think her McLaughlin um, slash Livrone, but Sydney McLaughlin, she was the youngest um, American Olympian ever, I believe, at least in track and field. She ran the 400, she runs the 400 meter hurdles and um I don't know if she's continuing with that or if she will run other stuff, if she will be going to the Paris Olympics, but I believe so. Um, at this point, I think she's only 25 years old, but she had a good story. Judy, my friend, saw her on Good Morning America, and so we bought the book, and I listened um, audio-wise, and it was lots of good stuff in there. But one of the big, big takeaways that I came out with was actually a quote from another woman. Um, Corey Tenboom, have you ever heard of her? She was a watchmaker. Her family was watchmakers and her family helped um, protect Jews during the Holocaust. And they got busted and they got put into concentration camps and she survived. And the stories of that whole journey are like bone chilling. I'm not even kidding you. It's unbelievable. Um, horrible, horrible things that in hindsight were things that 
saved her life. And that God was present through all of it and shows the love of God and her faith and her love of humanity is unbelievable love story. But the quote that Sydney said in her book, that is Corey Ten Boom's, is never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That, my friends, is winning. Winning in life is knowing that no matter what is ahead of you, there is a God who is in charge. There is a God who is in control. You might be facing an unknown future financially, um, health-wise, work-wise, relationship-wise, all kinds of different ways that this world challenges us. And you don't know what's going to happen next. Tomorrow, this week, next week, this month, in the next six months, year, and beyond. But you do know a God. You do know that there is a God who is so in love with you that has created you in his image. And if you don't know that, pursue it. Pursue it hard because when you pursue it, it is unbelievable how God will reveal himself to you. And there is a section in Acts where Paul has gone to Athens and there's a lot of like philosophers that do debating and people that don't know God, but they're worshiping all kinds of idols. And he says to them, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. Here's this altar that they are worshiping and idolizing, and it says to an unknown God. So you're, he's, he's saying you're going to worship a God that you don't even know? And he says then, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you, the God who made the world and Everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in, a temp in temples built by human hands. He's not even served by human hands as if anything, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. 
for in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. I love that scripture um, from Acts 1. I lied. It's from Acts 17, for heaven's sakes. But the God that gives us life and breath, and in him we move and have life. He is our Valentine. He is our winning quarterback. And when we are on God's team, we are always winning. We get to be victorious. We are gold medalists. We are free from being held prisoner. I thought it was a really far extreme from somebody reading Sydney's book and being motivated by this young girl who has a quest to be the best runner slash hurdler and a desire to be a gold medalist and a world record holder. Um, and her motivation came from Corey Tenboom, whose life is clearly harder in the sense of danger and life and death and all the things. Both lovers of God. And it shows us that what is here on earth and our circumstance, that isn't what defines us. What defines us is being in love with a God who is so in love with us. And then taking that love and doing something with it, giving it back to God by loving on his people and growing in that love and pointing people to the lover of their soul and sharing with each other and with others. If you love Jesus, I am so grateful to be on Team Jesus with you, and I would pour Gatorade right over your head. If you are not on Team Jesus, join us. You are picked. We are picking you to be on our team because you are so valuable, because God has breathed in you and has chosen you and created you in his image. And that is both the best Valentine and the biggest win of all times. Come back next week, because it actually will be Valentine's Day. And let me just tell you, we're going to talk a whole lot more about what love is and the power of the one who loves us more than anything. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are amazing humans. And go, grow, point, and share. Like, this is what we're made to do. Um, also, make some Valentines. It's really fun. One time my dad did buy those little tiny heart boxes of Valentines for me and my sister. 
and gave it to us at Valentine's Day. And I think we were actually adults. I mean, I don't think either of us were living in his house, but we came over and he gave them to us. Ah, I was so excited because I never got boxes of candy, even from my boyfriends, ever. And so I just was so excited that my dad gave me a box of chocolates for Valentine's Day. And it was a good story. So buy the chocolates, make a Valentine, text a be mine, and show some love. Have a great day. Thank you.